There's a conspiracy afoot that's pulling the world into darkness. Information is the new battlefield. Propaganda, disinformation, and media manipulation dominate the minds of the public. Join us on the Dark to Light Show as we remove the head of the snake and expose media censorship, social and cultural engineering, and the unfolding global conspiracy of the New World Order. Welcome back to the Dark Delight Show. My name is Josh. I hope everybody out there is doing well. Jim Price has the day off. He is traveling up to Michigan for an event, and we wish him safe travels. For the first time in Jim's life, he uh, flew instead of drove. And uh, so I hope that uh, he has a safe flight and arrives there. And he's up there with uh, Tim Ballard and Jim Caviezel of, uh, of that new movie that just came out, Sounds of Freedom. And giving some talks on uh, human trafficking, child trafficking, and and what we need to do to stop it. So, uh, more power to you, Jim. Uh, wishing you the best. I I could have went, but I just I got so much travel coming up these days, and I've been so busy. And, and so I apologize for not being here yesterday. I had a plumber come in at the last moment. He was supposed to be here two hours after the show. Came in an hour before the show. And, uh, yeah, but uh, so much travel these days, it's just crazy. I'll be in the Rochester area at the end of this month. I'll be in the Rochester Avon area in New York at the end of this month, which uh, looking forward to. Always good to get back to my hometown, to the home place where I grew up. I'm actually from Caledonia, but from Caledonia, for all those people out there in Caledonia, yep, I'm one of you guys. I, I grew up looking at those dark night skies with uh, the stars scattered out like a tapestry Oh, man, those were the days back in the 80s and the 90s, right? When we all used to just kind of reminisce about the olden days. <laughs> With a bonfire and a keg party out uh, on Cox Road or Lacey, right? <laughs> I know a few people know what I'm talking about there. But, yeah, you know, the good old days when uh, when those towns were actually very, very conservative and neighbors looked out for the neighborhood children who would play in the yards and throughout the town. I remember being a child and growing up in Caledonia and waking up in the morning on Saturday morning, watching the Saturday morning car- cartoon starting at about seven o'clock with a big old bowl of cereal where I added my extra sugar. About 8.30, 9 o'clock, I would throw my shoes on and I would run out the door. I would get on my bike and I'd ride to my friend's house who they would be getting on their bikes and we would ride all throughout town. We'd go everywhere we wanted to go. We would do everything that we wanted to do. We would end the afternoon with some some kill the man with a ball over at John Ball's. That's the big uh, crab apple tree right over there on Maple Street. And we just have fun. We'd light off some fireworks at night. We'd set up a tent. We'd camp out in each other's backyards. And see, that's the thing. Is it's difficult for children to do that these days. At least in the suburban and in the city neighborhoods. I moved from uh, from Denver, Colorado. And I was just in the suburbs of Denver, Colorado. A town called Thornton. About 30,000 population. And my kids could not do that there. My, my kids could not live that type of lifestyle there. Um, firstly, I would never let my kids leave the house at 8.30 in the morning alone where I have no idea where they're going on their bike to just go journey through the town <laughs> because 
Things are dangerous these days. People are unpredictable. But now I live in a small town just outside of Minneapolis. Well, about a good hour outside of Minneapolis. I I can't lie on that one. About an hour, 45 minutes outside of Minneapolis. And it's an incredibly conservative town. And when I wake up in the morning in a town with a population of about 1,800 people, so very similar to Avon, Caledonia area, I see kids wake up at 8.30 in the morning, jump on their bikes, and just take off. And they ride through these trails over by the river, and they take off, and they just go have fun. And I say, man, those were the good old days, the days when we were free, the days when we were careless, the days when we didn't have to worry about human trafficking, child sex trafficking. We didn't have to worry about disgruntled liberal neighbors trying to run you over because you're too loud or you stepped on their grass. Those were the good old days, but culture has changed. Culture has began to evolve into something new. And it's interesting. I'm actually, uh, I, I do a show on Friday nights on uh, the redpills.tv, R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S.tv. Um, it's called Conversations on the Fringe. And, and this show specifically is about moving away from the political talk, moving away from the big grand conspiracy of the new world order and all this stuff, and really having those conversations that people don't talk about anymore. Having those conversations that are on the fringe, that are speculative in nature, but have an abundance of, of information to back them up. Tonight, I'm going to be talking about galactic cycles. And you might be like, oh my goodness, woo-woo alien stuff. No, 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 no. Galactic cycles. Quite literally, our solar system transits the galaxy. And the way that it does this is very specific, that we can map and monitor this. And interestingly enough, is our ancestors on this planet knew this. So much so that they mapped it out. Have you ever heard of the Mayan calendar, how the Mayan calendar ended? Well, the Mayan calendar was actually depicting the transit of our sun through the galaxy. Remember the whole galactic center stuff? That says transit of the sun through the galactic center. That, That wasn't a lie. And it's interesting to note this because... The galaxy has varying levels of density, and this is cosmic radiation. And we actually go through cycles here on planet Earth of solar bombardment and cosmic ray bombardment. And this happens every 11 or so years with the solar minimums and solar maximums of dependent upon how many, um, how much cosmic radiation we'll get versus how much solar radiation we'll get. We have more severe weather more severe weather on this planet, earthquakes, tornadoes, um, El Nino and El Nino cycles are far, far worse when we have a solar maximum, when the solar radiation is increased. Whereas when we have an increase of cosmic radiation, we have more cloud scatter throughout the sky. And and that is, makes a lot of sense because it protects us and everybody on this planet from the various different radiations that are coming in from um, outside of our solar system. And so I'll be talking a lot about this tonight and how that deals with your DNA and evolution of, of your of your DNA and humanity and where we're headed. And I like having those conversations because they're the, the old campfire conversations we used to talk about while sipping on a beer when we were 16. But 
don't tell the cops. But yeah, you know, the world is an interesting place. And there's a lot of things happening in this world right now. There's a lot of things to, to look at outside of your, your normal purview and take in and digest. Just today, uh, you know, uh, Senator Ron Johnson was on Maria Bartirano on Fox News. And he said that, talking about COVID-19, he said, this was a pre-planned event. There was an event known as Event 201 in October of 2019. This was brought about by global elites. That's called conspiracy, people. That's called conspiracy. Because they killed millions upon millions of people globally and have affected the lives of millions, if not billions, of more. And when a senator is talking about that, you better watch out because a day of reckoning is coming. Now, we don't need to get into the conspiratorial talk. We don't need to get into COVID-19 and vaccines and bioweapons and all that stuff today. But I wanted to talk about is America. Is remembering what America used to be. I wanted to talk about who we are as a people how our culture was able to get manipulated and coerced. When I was talking about the galactic cycles there, it's interesting because one of the things that I've noticed throughout my years as I study this stuff more and more and more is that there's simple cycles and there's complex cycles in those 11, 22, 33-year cycles, 111-year cycles. And that within those cycles, there's super cycles and sub cycles and all these other things. One of the most interesting things I noticed is that as we move into a new type of cycle where there's more strength and magnitude within the solar radiation or the cosmic radiation, whatever it might be, is that there's always a point of destabilization of the primary system. A point of destabilization within the primary system. And this destabilization reorganized as a constituent parts of that system to re-optimize it for the, the next verse that it's going to go through. And I call this re-optimization. I call this destabilization chaos. Because chaos, as you know, science would tell you, is uh, derived from entropy, the breakdown of things moving to a basal energy point. But is that really what it is? Is, it, is that really what it is? I disagree with that. I don't believe that things move down to their lowest energy state, but instead they reorganize themselves to a higher energy state. And we have evidence of this all throughout the galaxy, all throughout the universe. When a star dies, this is in process of entropy, as a cosmologist would tell you. But what does a star do? It starts producing heavier and heavier metals until eventually it collapses and goes nova and expands all of its mass and matter all throughout its domain of its solar system, in the heliopause. And then, slowly over time, after that disorganization and chaos has taken place, 
the system reorganizes into a new star that was much heavier than the last star, which runs at a higher energy rate than the last star, and new planets form as well. Its reoptimization of its current state of existence and derives through a point of case. All right, we'll be right back with more Dr. Light Show right after this. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right. Back to the Dark Delight show. And I, I guess we could title this show Chaos. Because isn't that what we're seeing right now all around us? Chaos. We're seeing our, our social and our cultural aspects of our society delve into to places we've never seen them before. It's almost as if society is breaking down. Society is becoming destabilized. Culture is uh, moving towards this methodology of indoctrination. And it's very dangerous. It's very dangerous. And you got to think that maybe, maybe these are the road signs on the way to somewhere else. That someone or something is trying to send us a message. You got to wonder that in God's amazing, miraculous creation, that this universe was created for your mind. Think about it. Only your mind can comprehend the creation of the Almighty. And so, as you observe the nature of reality, of of planet Earth, episode 2023, and you observe the chaos, maybe it's a sign. Maybe it's a sign of varying change that is occurring. Rapid change that is occurring. And so one of the things that I've done throughout my life is I I developed this process I call optimization theory. And it's simply how systems interact. And you say systems, like what do you you mean? Like an Atari game system? No, 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 no. Systems is that everything in the universe, everything in God's creation is energy. You'd be like, well, you need to define energy. Well, thank you. I actually do define energy. And I define energy as a minute aspect of consciousness, something that exists, something that observes, and then takes on varying different properties from that point. But a star has a relationship with a planet. A planet has a relationship with all the other planets, with all the other stars, with the galaxy, with with all the other galaxies, with all the other stars around them, whether subtle as it is or not. That relationship is there. And then within our own life, here, living on our planet, we have a relationship with with planet Earth. We have a relationship with nature, with the weather patterns. We have a relationship with water. We have a relationship with other people. And in observing all of those things, we begin to see that those relationships can either be detrimental to our future or they can be incredibly positive and beneficial to our future and aligning ourselves 
with those habits, with those rituals, with those routines, with those actions, with those thoughts that derive that positive outcome, we become in a state of union with nature, with God, with mind, with a system. We become resonant with that system that we are attracted towards, that we have that relationship with. And so, as you think about what I'm saying, this is where it gets interesting. When that system of energy, that relationship that is created between two people, between a society, between governments or um, economies or whatever it might be, when it begins to destabilize, that is God showing you the sign that things are about to change. That is the universe presenting to you that the path forward is no longer straight and narrow. The chaos that comes about within society is not something to fear. It's not something to fight. It's not something to look at as an omen. But instead, it's something for you to embrace, to put energy into and shift and change and help mold that change into the vision you wish to see in the world. Isn't that what Gandhi said? Be the change you wish to see in the world. And that greatest change comes through points of greatest pessimism and greatest destabilization. Because pessimism is always derived through destabilization. Destabilization derives from chaos. And so it's in that point that we must look towards the future and understand what world we want to create, what the world we want to bring about. This is what I think a lot about when they talk about, in the Bible, heaven on earth, heaven within. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is within. Now, would it surprise you if I also told you that That which is within reflects to the without. Think about that. That which is within you reflects without. If you go out and have a conversation with another human being and you two don't like each other and you get this, oh, this weird feeling inside you, you get this anger, this hatred inside you. That's not you hating them. That's you seeing aspects of yourself in them that you dislike. Because you cannot know that person. You cannot know that person's thought. You cannot know that person's feelings. You cannot be inside their mind and read their, read their mind. But instead, when they speak, the tone and all this other stuff produces a relationship. That relationship sends Various different types of electromagnetic and acoustic waves towards you which resonate with you. And it resonates with things within inside you that you have varying levels of development in. Within your psyche, within your personality, within your subconscious mind. And when it resonates with the things that you dislike about yourself, that's when you dislike someone. And so this means that you can only know somebody as well as you know yourself. Hmm, what a novel thought. You can only know somebody as well as you know yourself. 
And if you hate someone, if you dislike someone, that's because there's parts of them that you dislike within yourself. Which means, goes right back to the Bible. When Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is within you. And that which reflects from you out into the world will become the change you see. That your inner state becomes your external reality. And so that what you see in other people is that what you see in yourself. So if you're meeting people every day and it's nothing but joy and love and, and happiness and hugs and kisses and high fives and joy, that's because your inner state is reflecting outwardly. If you go throughout your day and your life is misery and despair and sorrow and suffering and everybody you interact with is against you and they're, they're the the progenerators of all the, the, the suffering that you have in your life, of all the bad luck that you have. It's not them. It's your inner state. And there's a lot of emotional and psycho-emotional work that needs to be done as a human being, as yourself, to remedy all that. And the number one thing, the number one thing is forgiveness. You have to forgive yourself. This is what I believe that they're talking a lot about in the Bible that has traditionally came about in Catholicism. As going out there and laying all your sins out for the whole world to see and asking for the forgiveness. The forgiveness must occur within you. And there's the reason why I think that, by the way. Because firstly, in, let's see how much time we got. I got two minutes. I, can, I think I can go through this. The word sin derives from an ancient Mesopotamian god by the name of Sin. You can look this up, S-I-N, Sin, the god, who was a masculine form of the moon god, where the moon would shine bright in the sky at nighttime. What does this mean? It means that dark shadow... The dark thing at night, which shines through the night. This is the darkness within you that comes forth and shines through your personality. That's sin. And so we must bring that sin up. We must bring those things that we regret and we resent and we hate and uh, that bring us despair and sorrow. We must forgive. But the forgiveness is not forgiving somebody external to you. It's not forgiving. It's not that forgiveness coming from the hand of God. You must forgive yourself. Because forgiveness of the self is one of the true ways, one of the only ways to love yourself. See, the reason you see despair and hatred and anger within the world all around you is because you don't truly love yourself. And you don't love yourself because you don't know yourself. And you don't know yourself because you can't forgive yourself for other things. And those other things are the ones that present the chaos within your mind that destabilize your life. And God is simply just showing you all the signs around you that you're on the wrong path. Was it Bill Ingvall? Here's your sign. All the things in your life are a reflection that you're either on the right path or you're on the wrong path. 
So isn't it interesting how the universe works, how the world works, how our minds work, and how it all integrates together? And that chaos can mean various different things. It can either be a sign that, hey, change is needed. You need to shift your past on an individual basis. Or it could also be the indicator within a larger scale system that change is pertinent, that it's happening through various different cycles of nature that are occurring around you, and that you, you as that conscious creator, the one who puts the thoughts into the universe, the one who thinks those thoughts and projects your reality out towards yourself, has the ability to shift this world to a better place. We'll be right back with more Dr. Light Show. All right. Hey, so we, we got this new segment here that Jim Price and I are doing um, at, at this uh, bottom of the hour or top of the hour. Sorry. No, it's bottom of the hour. And uh, the, the segment is really about helping to support this show and getting some information out there to everybody um, who, who loves to listen to the show and loves to support the show. And so we're going to do a lot of different promotional things, uh, companies that we decide to work with. And by the way, we don't just work with any Joe Schmo. We don't just go out there and, you know, pick a product up and say, let's sell this today. No, no, no. It's not like that. We go out there and we use these things ourselves. We have subscriptions to these programs. I buy my gold and silver in bulk from Dr. Kirk Elliott. My IRAs are through Kirk Elliott, right? That's the thing is I use these people as well. I use these products as well. And if I stop using them, I let you know. And so the one thing I wanted to talk about today, though, is my platform. So many years ago, I created the social red pill. And this was a response to being completely demonetized and canceled off of social media. And uh, my Patreon account was was bringing in revenue during COVID at a time when I was losing all my clients in my business consultation business. It really saved me. And then all of a sudden, my Patreon got shut down. All my forms of monetization got shut down. And so I created the social red pill because this became a private social network that I could operate myself. I could put whatever content I wanted on there. I could make the own rules and I could give the ability for people to help support me, the red pill project, my, uh, my, my staff, my, my researchers, my, um, my co-host, Jim Price, these types of things with a subscription. And so if you guys are interested, we, we do a lot of fun stuff on there. We do annual camping trips. We do daily Zoom calls. So there's Zooms usually every night, um, every day. There's usually people on there right now. There's people on there at night. Uh, for instance, tonight after the show, the conversations on the Fringe show, we do Fringe After Dark, which has been going on since February, March of 2020. March of 2020, we've been doing Fringe After Dark, it's a live Zoom every night where we just, or every Friday night, where we get on there and we just hang out. Instead of going out to the bars, instead of going out and partying and all this stuff, a whole bunch of grown adults, men and women, we jump on a Zoom call on a Friday night at about 10 p.m., 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and we hang out. 
We talk, we communicate, we laugh, we cry. And some really great things have happened from this platform. So I urge you, if you, uh, if you want to help support the Red Pill Project, you can go out there. You can go to socialredpill.com, socialredpill.com, S-O-C-I-A-L-R-E-D-P-I-L-L.com. You can sign up there. The profile, if you just want to create a free account, you can create a free account and go check it out. Um, if you want to go in there and you want to support us with a, a $5 a month subscription, $10 a month, and they go up from there. Um, it, it does help us. It does benefit us. It does keep us alive. <clears throat> you can imagine it's a dog eat dog world in the world of broadcasting, podcasting, and alternative media. Um, we, I do myself. I do this radio show. I do a podcast nightly, um, and then I also work for American Media Periscope, where I do various different shows with them, as well as their economic and financial advisor uh, underneath Kirk Elliott. And so I, I do a lot of this stuff every day, but I do it primarily because the information is needed, that society needs this information to determine for themselves what are the best decisions. And so to keep that alive, to help keep the Red Pill Project alive and all of this stuff alive, I urge you to go on over to socialredpill.com, sign up over there. If you can support us with a subscription, it's much appreciated. Or just head over to redpills.tv, R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV. That's my primary website. You can find all of this stuff that I'm talking about linked up there as well as other ways to support us. So much appreciated for you guys listening in all this time as uh, myself and then Jim Price being brought in doing this show. It's been an absolute joy and I'm looking forward to doing more and more great shows with this amazing audience. Uh, we'll be right back with more Dark Delight Show. All right. Chaos. It's an interesting topic, isn't it? When we start to look at the world around us, you start to see what I'm talking about. You start to see that what Carl Jung talked about as the dark shadow, the esoteric darkness within us, manifests exoterically that beyond us, we have an impact on our reality. And this makes a lot of sense if you go into how the mental construct creates, right? You have your imagination, which is unbridled. It's limitless. Your imagination can quite literally think of things that nobody's ever thought of before. It can, it can know what you did not know that you did not know. And it can bring them into the present consciousness. And what it does, if you wrap that around with intent, intention, and you bring focus to the conscious mind, then what begins to happen? Thoughts begin to form. Those thoughts begin to arrange themselves with routine, rituals, and habits. These are the mundane things that we don't catch ourselves going through every day. But those thoughts, rituals, and habits bring about derived action. That action influences our reality to a varying different level degree. There's a primary level, a secondary level, and a tertiary level of influence that we do. If I pick up a pen and drop it in front of me right now, I produce ripples immediately within my universe, within my local universe right in front of me. But is that pen's ripples going to have any profound effect? No, absolutely not. I mean, unless I 
dropped it into a tank of gasoline and a candle fell on it. But what about a secondary level of influence? If I whisper a message into somebody's ear with the intention of influencing that person to take an action, which that action will affect other people, will that have an impact? Absolutely. I I call this a Jeff Bezos effect. And whether you hate Jeff Bezos or love Jeff Bezos, doesn't matter. It's just a good example. Is that every day within our life, we have levels of opportunity that are presented to us. As we deviate more and more and more from that that path of heaven within us, that that kingdom of heaven within us that must reflect outwardly. For, For the kingdom of heaven to come to earth, we must first represent it within ourselves and reflect it outwardly, right? So for people who are not within that kingdom within themselves, who don't have that kingdom of heaven built up within themselves, who are living in in pure hell, the universe every day is presenting you a shovel, a ladder, something to climb out of that deep, dark hole. There's an opportunity being presented. But typically, when you're in those certain situations... The amount of opportunities is very, very narrow. And typically, something you do not want to do. But see, if you're in that situation in the first place and you do not want to do it, it's usually because you lack a few things within the sense of your mental scope. One of the number one things is self-discipline. self-discipline is the ability to do what needs to be done when it needs to be done, whether you want to do it or not. And so when you're presented with this opportunity that you don't want to do, it's not necessarily what you want to do. It's what you need to do. And you need to conjure up all of that good stuff inside you. You need to bring it all up to the surface and say, you know what? I don't want to do this, but I have to. You need to develop the discipline the action, to go out there and get it done. And then guess what happens? That hell begins to shift. The red begins to move away, and you start seeing the inklings of light. Excuse me. Now, the example I give with this is one of the best examples of dark delight that I could ever give is when a seed is pushed down into the depths of the soil. The soil is constricting, it's wet, it's cold. The seed doesn't want to be in that soil. It's dark, it's scary, it doesn't know which direction to go. If that seed was a human being, it would probably die there. But see, that seed understands the way of nature, the way of God. It allows its instinct, it surrenders to nature and says, you know what? I'm just going to go the way I feel. And it meanders through the tight, constricting soil. It meanders through the darkness. It meanders through the coldness. Eventually, it reaches a limit of which it's very, very difficult to pass. And inside that seedling, it conjures up 
all of its last bits of energy and pushes it to the surface to breach through the soil. And the moment it breaches through the soil, it pops out and it gets its first glimmer of sunlight. And from that first glimmer of sunlight, the energy begins to restore with inside of it. The carbon dioxide in the air begins to nourish it. The moisture in the air begins to absorb within it, optimizing its level of photosynthesis. And that that little sprout that just popped through, who was once a seed trapped in the darkness, begins to grow faster and faster and faster until it blossoms into a beautiful flower or a fruit-bearing plant. And the darkness that it incurs on those days is balanced with light. And it's not so bad anymore. It's not constricted. It's not cold. And even within the darkness, there's a glimmer of light in the sky that gives it the hope that the light will come the next day. That's dark delight, my friends. That's what dark delight means. And here's the thing. As Carl Jung discussed the shadow within us, as well as the collective conscious shadow, the societal shadow, the societal darkness. That's what we're seeing right now in the world. That is the chaos that is consuming the world right now. It is the shadow of humanity, of all the repressed anger and suppression of trauma and all of the horrible things that we've been through for thousands of years in society are finally creeping up like that seed out of the soil to the surface and finally getting the glimmer of light. But not only collectively, but it's happening individually. And this is what we call the great work. Is as these things begin to come up individually, we must go deep within inside ourselves. We must forgive ourselves. We must love ourselves. We must know ourselves. Going back to that example that I talked about earlier is that I cannot know another person. I cannot know your thoughts. I cannot know your ideas or your feelings. I can't, I can't comprehend within my mind, within my existence, what you're experiencing. But when I interact with you, your interactions resonate with that level of myself, with how well I know myself, which means that I can only know you as well as I know myself. Now, take this to the next level. If you can only know yourself, or you you can only know somebody as well as you know yourself, how well can you know God? How well can you know Jesus Christ? How well can you know the creator of the universe? Only as well as you know yourself. That's why Socrates... The great Greek philosopher said, Ipsum tenotius, or temet, temet notius, <clears throat> both derivations. That quote hung over the entrance of the temple of the Oracle of Delphi. Temenotius. And it means know thyself. It's the most important factor for your spiritual and your physical and your mental growth on this planet. 
is to know yourself. We'll be right back with more Dark Delight Show. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right. Back to the Dark Delight Show. And kind of a deep, intricate discussion. And sometimes I missed it. You know, you're, you're, you're sitting here in front of uh, your computer in your studio talking into a microphone and you don't realize uh, that you're being broadcast to thousands and hundreds of thousands of people. But it's the truth. I think that everybody needs to understand and realize this, is that what we're enduring right now, what we can call the Great Awakening, is not just something that's happening to society. But it's also happening within you. It's something that is within you. And it's God speaking to you. It's God saying, hey, it's time to flush out all that old, to clean out all that old junk, to throw out all those old clothes, to get rid of all that stuff that you no longer need. Because spring is here. Because the animals are going to be coming back and the trees are going to be blossoming. Temperature is going to get warmer. That's where we are at right now in society. And that is why this chaos is coming about. And the chaos doesn't, <clears throat> doesn't only occur external to you within society, but it happens internal to you within yourself. And I hope that within this conversation, I've given you a glimpse of, of ways to remedy that. To bring those things up to the surface, to surrender to the path that's in front of you. To to do the hard things in life, to take that discipline and move forth. You know, I started on this journey a long, long time ago of knowing myself. And I, I, I didn't understand what it meant. And I read tons of books. I got into all different types of philosophy from uh, modern day philosophy, Greek philosophy to esoteric philosophy. And it was through esoteric philosophy that I began to understand a little bit more about what it truly means. Self-reflection, introspection, contemplation, becoming one, a union with your thoughts your imagination, understanding the intentional alignment. There is a uh, old Native American saying that the longest journey that you'll ever make in your life is the one between your heart and your mind. And see, the know yourself is to take that journey. It's to become that union with that heart that speaks, with that heart that feels, with that heart that understands. That we say we have the Bicamp Camaro mind with the left and the right side, the left side being more analytical and the right side being more spiritual. But guess what? You also have two minds within your body. Well, three minds for men, right? Wink. But two minds within your body. You have your heart mind. And then you have your brain mind. 
and the convergence of those two minds is what brings about this this glorious union of self-knowledge, of self-understanding. And only from those points of self-knowing, of knowing thyself, can you expand into the realm of knowing someone else. If you don't know, if you can't sit there right now and write a book on who you are, you can't write a two, three, four, five page explanation of who you are. You don't know yourself. And I don't mean like, I like chocolate. I like cake. I like Star Wars. I watch Star Wars every weekend. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about deep, emotional, intricate, mental work. Going in there and saying, you know, throughout my life, I've had various thoughts and feelings about different things. When I was much, much younger, the way I perceived the world was like this. And this is how I felt about things. And those feelings produced certain things in my life that brought about different decisions and trauma and turmoil or joy and happiness. And, you know, then in my 20s, I went to college and this happened to me and this happened to me and I experienced this trauma Because doing that work right there, it brings all that darkness of the shadow up to the surface. It allows you to look at it with introspection, to reflect upon it. Not from a point of trauma, of chaos, to where you're fearful of the unknown. But in a sense, you're bringing it up to acknowledge You're bringing it up to heal. You're bringing it up to say, you know, it happened. And I forgive myself and I forgive everything within my life that produced that. But I appreciate that event, no matter how horrific that event was. You want to know why? Because it made you who you are today. It made you believe and think and understand. It brought about your current ideology, your current belief structure. It brought you to this point today. And so there's nothing more to do but surrender to it, forgive it, and appreciate it. Because this is the path that God has chosen for. And God sought to show you a lesson. He sought to show you the lesson. But it is you who must realize the lesson. And the realization, realize, think of the word realize, right? Break it down from the word that you actually have. Break it down to the two words, real and eyes. Real eyes. You see things for what they truly are. That's what the word realize means. You see things, realize, for what they truly are. And see, it's the realization that God put those difficult parts of that of your life in front of you for a reason. For you to realize the growth with inside you that comes from that. To 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 mold yourself towards that path of righteousness, to produce that kingdom of heaven within you and express it outwardly 
even after all of that horrific event that happened. And see, that realization brings about understanding that you must now stand under those things that you truly realize. And they become the foundation of your belief, of your worldview, of your ideology, and that foundation becomes integral, and here's the key part, into your habits, your rituals, and routines. And as you learn to it, you embrace it, you surrender to it, you forgive it, you love it, you grow with inside yourself, you know yourself, and it becomes integral into your habits, your rituals, and your routines of your day. This means that it now begins to form your actions. Your actions influence your universe and transform your reality. Kingdom of heaven on earth. Bring it with inside you and it'll be shown without. Much love, respect, God bless you guys. You guys all have a great day. We'll talk to you next week. Take care.